We do what Nintendo don't. It's the This Game Wear podcast with me, Chris, and... Me, Ashley. Can we get sued for that? I think we could get sued for that. Could we? You're usually so worried about litigation, and then you've just straight up ripped off somebody else's phrase. They can't copyright words. <laughs> yeah, they can. No. They have. Oh, no. Not copyright, trademarked. And uh, the whole concept of copyright, by the way, is about being able to protect words that have been put into a certain order. If you couldn't copyright words, you wouldn't be able to copyright books. Oh, yeah. And they're famously copyrighted. So we're less than a minute in, and I've maybe got us liable to be sued and also misunderstood copyright and trademark. What a great start. And I won't be able to pay for the uh, infringement, so I'll be going to prison. Well, uh, Well I'll I'll see you there. Thanks for that. Uh, Hello, everyone. Uh, My whole life ahead of me. Oh, yeah, my whole life. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa! Don't laugh about my imminent demise. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I laughed at the idea of taking you down with me. <laughs> oh. Cackling away. Hope you're all well, listeners. How are you, Ashley? Okay, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm good. I'm very good. I'm better than good. Yopped up. I'm brilliant. I've got a yop. It's a raspberry yop. Yeah, and I'd love to keep showing you it. Yeah, I'm very and jealous. I've got also dessert pastels. Oh, man. Very jealous about which that. Which are fruit pastels, but with dessert flavours like cherry. And they're really good. Mm. Anyway, enough, yep. enough totally flippery nonsense. Let's get, into, let's get into this game, because it's, uh, it's a big one again this week, Ashley. It's this game where... The Stanley Parable. Yes! Did I guess it? Did I guess it? This week, it's this game where you <laughs> work in an office. It began life as a half... It began as a Half-Life 2 mod. And the Stanley Parable. And it's a game made by game fans for game fans. Is it the Stanley Parable? How did you know it was the Stanley Parable? It's coming out on the 27th of April. Which will be yesterday at the time of uh, release of this episode. Today is the 25th. Well, we're recording 25th. Come on, let's, let's not you know spoil the illusion too much. Let people peek behind the curtain. We're recording 25th. This will come out 28th. The game comes out yeah, 27th. Yeah, I'm, I'm explaining. Done. I'm explaining. I'm explaining. Whoa. I just whacked me. I'm explaining. Right. So the game came out yesterday. How? Well, two days from now at the point of record. This is getting very confusing. But how did you know it was the Stanley Parable? Am I being honest? Yeah, I think it's best. You told me about three weeks ago to install the Stanley Parable. <laughs> and then right, I put two fair. and seven together. Oh, I came it. up with nine. All right. That's fair. It's, 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 it's the Stanley Parable. Oh, I feel like the wind's been knocked out of my sails. Why? Sorry. I like doing that. Yeah, I, I know you do. I should have admitted it. The Stanley Parable released July 2011 as a free Half-Life 2 mod. It was then remade with new story elements and upgraded graphics and released October 2013 for Windows. It then came out on Mac in December 2013 and Linux, don't forget Linux, in September 2015. And then there's been no console releases of the Stanley Parable as yet. However... How do you make... How do you make Linux sound like something out of Legend of Zelda? Linux. Is it not Linux? Is it Linux? I mean, I don't know if people call it Linux or Linux. Linux. You're saying Linux. And that I mean that's that's as wrong as you can get, I think. I was gonna say maybe I'm doing delivery to be obtuse, but I'm not. I'm just genuinely just butchering it. Is it Linux then? Yeah. Linux. Mm, sounds sounds like a swear word. <laughs> Oh, it caught me gobby wobbles on a Linux. No, I don't know. 
Kick me I right. Don't know how to make that into a swear word? To be honest, kick me right in the Linux like that with the northern accents, like Quantox. Yeah, what's that? The Quantox. Yeah, Quantox are a, ma- a mountain range or something, but people say stuff about Quantoxes in bollocks because uh, it sounds like bollocks. I see. Yeah, it's a good word though, isn't it? Yeah, Quantox. It's, it's quite pleasing to say. Right, mm. there's no console release of the Stanley Parable yet, but as Ashley has said, we are doing it this week because an expanded edition called the Stanley Parable Ultra Deluxe released yesterday, April twenty seventh came out on Linux. Is that right? I think it is. Linux, Mac and Windows, but also Switch, PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, Xbox One and Xbox S and X. The Ultra Deluxe version has a much longer script. The new content is actually longer than the entirety of the original game's script. I thought it was quite interesting. Mm. And it has lots of extra content and polished visuals. It was originally announced in 2018, but due to the old Panny D and adding lots and lots of extra content, it is only just coming out now. Panny D. I understand. Yeah, Panny what, D. That's what the cool kids call it. Panny D. No, they don't. I thought you were talking about a Panasonic television. I was trying to wrap my head around it. <laughs> no. I heard the word um, plandemic earlier, describing the, the old Bill Gates conspiracy. Oh, oh, the great plandemic. Yeah, I know. I've not heard that before. Ridiculous. I, I thought it was funny. Mm. Okay. I'm just, I'm, I mean, I'm the very, whole thing is very fairly funny, yeah. Right, the Stanley Parable, have you played this game? Yes, I have. When did it come out? came out October 2013. Oh, you haven't got an exact date. Mm. No. I played it on October 20th. Okay. I th- I've got the 15th in 2013. mind. 2013. But I might be pulling the 15th out of thin air. Okay. Shall I find out? Cool story. Yeah. Well, anyway, I played it October 20th. I, I know that because of my achievements. And I've looked at my achievements because I unlocked one at the beginning of this month when you told me to install the game. Because I booted the ga- I installed it, then I booted the game up and immediately unlocked the uh, achievement, Go Outside, which is... Uh, don't play the Stanley Parable for five years. Amazing. So I did that one. Did a did a did the hell out of that one. I didn't play it for nearly ten years. <laughs> did the hell out of it. Which people might be listening, and thinking, "Well, that sounds like a very strange achievement." So that's actually a really good achievement to, that sums up what the Stanley Parable is. It's a game that's initially about the drudgery of office life, but then the game opens up to be philosophical about the illusion of free will and the structure of games themselves. It ends up being very meta. Um, I don't really want to spoil the game itself by talking any more about what it is because I think it's it's so unique that talking about it anymore will kind of spoil it. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to just go on to Chrome and read out what it says on the website, because I think this is a really good description. Okay, so it came out on the 17th of October. Oh, I'll just drop that in. Two days out. And, and two, um, I I don't, for those reasons, I don't, and given that the Stanley Parable is coming out again, I don't know how we're going to actually do this episode. So, because the second half, we're going to be like, oh, do you... That that bit then, mm. that was good, wasn't it? So, um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting episode, I imagine. We could talk in code, like Pig Latin. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's going to be fun for people. X Stanley? No, it's not a star, is it? <laughs> that's clearly not right. So in the break, um, I'll, I'll, I'll understand Pig Latin and get my head around that. It's Stick Stanley. Stick Stanley? It's, it's really Pig Latin. It's no, really Stick Stanley. It's it's Ixnay. not nay. It's not difficult to understand what it is it's on it. the oopsley. You add uh, you add a to the end of everything, don't you? An x, or is that just because it's nick? Oh, no, no, know. no, because that's nix. So ixnay is nix. Yeah. So yeah. So you take the first letter off and put it at the end. So the andy stay. Add a y to the yes. It would be andy stay. Yes. This is great podcast content. 
Yeah. Right. The Stanley Parable. We're, we're learning. Every day is a school day. Every day is a school day. The Stanley Parable is a first-person adventure game when a simple-minded individual named Stanley discovers that the co-workers in his office have mysteriously vanished. He sets off to find answers. You will play as Stanley and you will not play as Stanley. You will make a choice and you will have your choices taken from you. The game will end. The game will never end. Contradiction follows contradiction. The rules of how games should work are broken, then broken again. You are not here to win. The Stanley Parable is a game that plays you. Yeah. How long did it take you to go off the beaten path? In the Stanley Parable. Or is that too much life? of a... Well, good question either way, isn't it? But that, to be honest, that feels like... Maybe we should just say, look, we're, we're probably going to accidentally spoil some things by accident. Um, because I'm asking that question and I know that the answer, in fact, even the asking of the question is kind of a spoiler for the Stanley Parable if you've never <laughs> yeah. played it. So, um, yeah, I mean, well, we can't really, I don't think we can avoid it and I want to hear the answer. It's going to be very difficult to talk about without spoiling, isn't it? I think to, to answer your question in a roundabout way, as it said just there about the game will end, the game will never end, the rules of how games should work are broken. This is, as in the intro, this is a game by game fans for game fans and it's it's a game about games i think that's how i would describe it it's a game about the nature of games and how games give you a funny you down one path the example that's front of mind when i was making my notes for this was max Payne. we talked about max Payne a couple of weeks ago and that game was very much about following essentially a path from a to b with a slight diversions from that path but you were going down that path the stanley parable is about instead of going from a to b you go via C and then you go to Q and then you might go back to somewhere between A and B. Like it, it's it's about what makes a game a game. Mm-hmm. So to answer your question, I be honest, I really cannot remember. But I know the thing you're uh-huh. you're talking <laughs> spoiler. But I know the thing you're you're talking about. Do you want to explain to people listening what you're uh, alluding to? Um. Yeah. Okay. So here here we go. Then here comes the spoiler. Here comes spoiler the spoiler bit. hammer. The game starts off with you as stanley on a on a computer putting in arbitrary numbers or something like that pressing a button and there's a there's a voiceover a narrative and the narrative tells you what you're going to do so it's like oh stanley went to find his work friends not work friends he doesn't have any colleagues stanley went to find his colleagues but there was no one to be found and then at some point as you wander through this office space you find a d- two pair uh, you, you find a pair of doors one one on the left one on the right inevitably you can't have a pair of doors without one being on the left or the right unless they're above each other and below each other yeah you could do that you could but these ones are left and right these are uh, next to one another in that in that fashion and the nar- the narrator says stanley goes through the left door and you have then whether you realize it or not a choice before you and i will be quite honest and say I, in in the in the first flush of things, just went with it. Like I didn't even think about. And this is what you were alluding to about this being a commentary on games. I went through the left door because the the narrative had said I go through the left door, and I'm very used to, especially at that point. I'm very used to following the narrative because I one of the primary reasons that I play games is for for the the stories that they tell and so i want to i want to follow the path that gets me the story yeah so i did that with the stanley parable went through the left door i could be wrong but i feel like i probably went through the left door a few times before i realized that actually maybe it'd be an idea to go through the right door 
So yeah, it's it's kind of it's it's saying to you, why do you follow blindly these these things? Like we're we as the game makers are telling you to do things, and you just do them. It's a similar similar comment to the Bioshock. Um, would you kindly or whatever it was? What was the phrase in Bioshock? I don't remember. I've, gone, I've never played it. I just know that my head. Bioshock came up as a reference point for this. I think the the point you're getting at there, it, it's it's almost like a a commentary on authority. That if there's a voice telling you to do something, do you just automatically blindly do it? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I re- I tried the other day to get Hannah to play the Stanley Parable. I, in fact, I've tried twice and I popped her on it. And as you know, it's best to go into the Stanley Parable without anything, any knowledge of what the game is or what it's trying to do. Um, so I popped her, I popped her on it. Hannah, I don't think she'd mind me saying, is very she is very responsive to authority. She likes to do what she's told. Oh, I mean, she's over laughing. Shoulder. I'm oh. not getting I'm not getting whacked. So yeah, she likes to do what she's told. And she um I I was very, very interested in what would happen with this, with the Stanley Parable, because I I'm not particularly I'm not particularly fond of doing as I'm told for the sake of doing as I'm told, and yet I was doing as I'm told all the way through for for far too long in the Stanley Parable, and I wondered what would happen with Hannah, and she took the left door. But then there's a moment where you have a choice between going forwards or going left, and the uh, this is after taking the left-hand door. The the route to the left is uh, escape. It's labelled escape. And Hannah took the escape route, but I kind of feel like that is her doing as she's told still. Mm-hmm. Because escape, it's kind of telling you that, that, again, there's a story here. This is the first flush of you being told that the narrator isn't necessarily a reliable narrator. Um, it's a little bit sinister. Escape, take the escape route. And then all the way down this pathway, she uh, the, narr- the narrator's saying things like, um, it's not too late to turn back. Stanley yeah. could still turn back. Um, and Hannah just kept plowing on. She never turned back round. Um, and then she reached the, like she reached one of the quite obscure weird, well, I don't know how obscure it is, but she reached one of the endings that you kind of not necessarily supposed to get till later on, I feel. Because it's the one where you get the credits on the wall and you get uh, like little set pieces, like um, you get the layout of the office mm-hmm. space in a little um, in a little model that you can have a look at, and it's got models of uh, the various different um, items, like the computers and the desks and things like that, that you can have a look at, and it's all set out like a museum, and that's the ending that Anna got to, and she won't play it again, so I was quite annoyed. <laughs> There. She just played it through once and presumably didn't get it. Well, pl- and then I, I was just annoyed because she didn't want to play it again, and she, and therefore she was never going to plumb the depths of the, of the mysteries of Stanley Parable. There's a lot to unpack there. You've, you mentioned endings, for example. The game has multiple endings, and the game is deliberately short because the game it does have multiple endings. Hannah didn't find appreciate that. those multiple endings. So did Hannah play the game? If she found an ending, that's well, very that's philosophical. a good question. Did Hannah even play the game if she only found one ending? Probably not. The narration as well you've mentioned, again, probably needs to kind of explain there as well. The game is 
entirely voiced and narrated by an omniscient and omnipresent voice who is constantly talking about what you are doing. And it's that illusion of, do I follow the narration or do I go against it? Because you have that choice. Uh, the, the creator, I'll talk More about the creator. More than one voice. Oh, is there multiple voices? There are multiple voices. There are okay. multiple narrators and there are multiple layers of narration. Okay. But the, okay, the main narrator, I should therefore say, uh, is a guy called Kevin Brighting, who uh, mm. was found through audition process. Uh, the, the guy who created the game is called Davy Reden. So it's W-R-E-D-E-N. It might be Redden, I'm not sure. Davy, Davy Redden, Reden, uh, wanted someone who had the right, gr- not gravitas, the, the right authority and tone. And Kevin, Kevin Brighton, yeah, Kevin's a good, good word for it. Kevin Brighton, who, his voice you'll, you'll probably recognise from adverts and TV appearances. His, his voice is very iconic, very um, specific. Uh, his voice carried the right nuances uh, for the game. I think also as well, with it being a British accent, I think there's probably something to it's be said. It's not a British for, accent, it's, it's American. British. I thought he was British. So this is, this is where I wanted, to, I wanted to butt in. I tried my best not to. Because the voice always, I like... It's ridiculous, and it's a very British thing to admit, but the voice is always overridden by a Stephen Fry voice. Um, In my mind, like in my memory, it kind of feels like Stephen Fry is narrating this game. Right. But it's not. It's Kevin Brighton, who is an American guy. Oh, okay. But doing a British American accent. Doing a British accent. Where have I got British from then? Because because we all replace things. We all replace narrators with Stephen Fry. My That's God. where you've got that from. Well, We've got a problem. It's probably a, a good point to disclose then. I played this game. I haven't played this game since December 2013. So I'm, I'm really mm. looking forward to playing it because I absolutely love this game. But I have not touched it, according to Steam, since the 22nd of December 2013. So there's going to be an element there of, of me uh, retconning and putting in the gaps and putting where I, how I think the game uh, sounds clearly, interestingly. Well, that means that you've been playing the game. <laughs> yeah, I've been playing the game by not playing the game. Yeah, because one of the achievements, as I said already, is one for not playing the game for five years. But by not playing the game, you are also therefore oh, playing the game. That's crafty, and isn't that, it? It is, and, and you alluded to it in your little rundown of what the Stanley Parable is, because they there was a, a line about you are playing the game, you are not playing the yeah. game. So when you are playing the game, you're not playing the game. When you are playing the game, just thought I'd uh, no, that's, point that's out. that's a really interesting point. There's also an achievement called Unachievable. Do you know about the Unachievable <laughs> achievement? I, I, so love, the unachievable, I love the idea of there being Unachievable achievement. That's amazing. It says, I, I've got the achievements in front of me now. Um, it says, Unachievable. It is impossible to get this achievement. You can get the achievement. You can actually get it. <laughs> but the only way Brilliant. to get it is to hack the game. So you have to go into the files. You have to make some changes in oh, the actual so good. code and then go back into the game and press a button because there's, there's a button that you can press. I think there's a button you can press to get an achievement. So if you press the button, there's an achievement called, yeah, there's an achievement called achievement and it's, it's called achievement. This is an achievement and you have to press a button and then you get an achievement like Pavlov's dog mm. style, like see a well, that's not Pavlov's dog, but yeah. You see a button, you want to press it, you press it, you get an achievement. Way serotonin. But um, the unachievable one, I think it has something to do with that button, whereby you change something in outside the game, you go back in the game, you press the button, you get the unachievable. And that's the way you're supposed to do it. Again, this point I've said, it's a game by game fans, for game fans, the fact it's so meta. Yeah. 
I mean, that's too meta for me. I don't mm. have that achievement. Oh, fair enough. Uh, well, I've, I've just mentioned it's, it's by Game Farms. It's, it seems like a good point to talk about uh, the actual history of the game. Um, as I said, it began as a Half-Life 2 mod. Uh, the creator, Davy Reedon, simply wanted to learn how to use the Source Engine and investigate what happens if the player disobeys, deliberately disobeys, a storytelling narrative. He also mm. wanted to make the player ask why they play games and the consequences of their decision-making. So, again, these levels of meta mm. within it. His brief, his design brief for the game, was to mess with the player's head in every way possible, throwing them off guard or pretending there's an answer and then whisking it away from in front of them. Mm. Which I think yep. he does at every point. As I said at the start, the game was initially released as a mod in July 2011 for Half-Life 2. And after that, it gained a following. There was then a, a guy called William Pugh, who is a, or was, still is, I guess, a British modder who made popular levels for Team Fortress 2. He absolutely loved it. it, it just for reference there, the game had, the mod, I should say, the mod had 90,000 downloads in the first two weeks. William Pugh, mm. this uh, British modder, absolutely loved the game and he contacted Reedon because he wanted to remaster it or basically said to Reedon, shall we work together to remaster it as a standalone game away from Half-Life 2 itself? And and Davy Reedon took him upon this and the two of them created the game remotely. It took them over two years to do this and it became more of a remake, including new endings than the original one. Yep. As part of the actual game itself, the finished product, there are also sections where you're dropped into Minecraft and Portal, and they had to get... Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I remember the Minecraft bit. I don't remember the Portal bit. They had to get approval from Marcus Person and Valve themselves, who both of whom mm. enjoyed the original mod, and they gave their blessings to use part of their game within the Stanley Parable. Whether I ended up in those bits or not, I don't remember. So that's interesting. I have a feeling that when I played this game, I strived to get every single ending. So I th I would have done would have seen those bits. I definitely remember the Minecraft bits. I'm not so much uh I'm not so clear on the portal bit. Mm. Okay. A demo came out and the creators, William Pugh and David Reed, were really unsure as to how to create a demo because of how the game is wrapped up in a parcel and the, the game is the game, etc. Yeah. A demo, yeah, a standard demo, a, a slice of the game wouldn't work in isolation. So what they did is they decided to create a demo that was meta about the idea of demos. The demo is set in the Stanley Parable demo construction facility. Mm. Uh, and it's, it showcases the style and tone of the game without spoiling the actual game itself. So the demo is actually completely separate. It doesn't feature anything that is in the actual game itself. It's just showing that what it's about, if that makes sense. So it is, it's kind of a game. Pretty much, yeah. It's kind of a game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we've, we've talked a few times about how it's it's very meta and the humour side of it as well. I, I just done a few names that I think are reference points for the creators that they're not they've not said this themselves. It's just things that I would link it with. Um, I thought so. Charlie Kaufman. Yep. Uh, Terry Gillian. Never actually tried to pronounce his name either. AKA the Monty that's, Python guy. That's correct. Yeah. And uh, Douglas Adams, I think as well. That, that mm. sort of the, the yep. British sense of humour. So I'm presenting this game this week because, as we said, the game came out yesterday. Uh, I initially got this back in December 2013, and I got it because the reviews were absolutely gushing about this game. And I also remember that it was really cheap. I think I got it for about £3. And couple those two things together, the, the low price points and the, the reviews, I bought it. Now, my distinct memories of playing this game are I played it over a weekend. As I said on Steam, it says 
December 22nd, 2013, uh, that Mrs. Chris was away for a weekend at a Belgian Christmas market with some of her friends. So I had... Mrs. Chris. Mrs. Chris. So I had Misogyny. Is that misogyny? all its glory. Yeah, she's not Mrs. Chris, is she? Is it better to say my wife? Is that less possessive? Uh... No, yeah, but exactly. I could use a name. I could, but I ain't. And this was also pre-daughter, so I was I was home alone for a few days, and that was my, oh, my, my kebabs, last. Stanley Parable. That's, did you have a kebab? I, I did. knew you'd I had a kebab. Did. Yeah. The, the, I thought you would. This, this is my last lost weekend. So it's in the run to Christmas, twenty thirteen. Uh, I had. I remember having takeaways for every single meal. Well, in the evenings anyway, not not breakfast. Man, that Man. sounds good. Yeah, um, I remember watching. All of the Richard Herring stand-ups that were on Netflix. Righty-ho. Um, pl- were there a lot, were there? there are they all on there now? Oh, probably not. There, there were at least two. I remember watching two. Playing Stanley Parable. I, I played this for two and a half hours, according to Steam. And I also remember, because it was run to Christmas, I went to see Die Hard at the cinema with a couple of friends as, as a Christmas movie. Yay. Yeah, great film. The last point then, before we start playing the game, is that I learned a fact in my research for this. A fact yeah. that you're pro- I bet you'll know, you're that sort of person. Do you know what the Droster effect is? No. Ah, oh, okay, I'm going to blow your mind then with this. Right, you you will know what the Droster effect is. People listening will know what the Droster effect is, but I didn't, uh, and I know what it was, but I didn't know it's called the Droster effect. The Droster effect features in the game's front cover. The Droster effect is when you have an image that repeats into itself ad infinitum. Oh, right. Okay. And it's named after uh, a Dutch brand of cocoa called Droster, where it's got a, a woman, it's like she's like a, a nurse, I think, looking at the, the cover in front of me now. And it's uh, cocoa. And on the front cover, she's holding a tray that's got a, a cup and the brand of cocoa itself. And then within that smaller brand of cocoa, you can see another one, etc., etc., st- stretching off ad infinitum. Okay. The, uh, I was trying to think of times I've seen the Droster effect. Uh, I googled it, and it mentioned on Google Images it came up with um, the unpaid intern reaction video on Inside. Bo Burnham has the bit where he's got himself in the top corner, he's commenting on it, and then that goes into yeah. himself as well. So there's an example of the Droster effect. The Droster effect appears in this game for the front cover. The Stanley Parable image has got a computer monitor that says the Stanley Parable on the computer monitor with a smaller computer monitor that says the Stanley Parable, etc., etc., stretching off. Uh, My favourite use of the Droster effect is a mention of it on Wikipedia in a village town, I think it is actually, in England called Burton on the Water that has a model village. The model village is a recreation of Burton on the Water and within the model village there is the model village of Burton on the Water. And inside that model village of Burst on the Water is the model village, etc., etc. I, I, hmm. I remember visiting Burst on the Water when I was probably seven or eight and visiting that model village and seeing that and thinking it was the coolest thing I'd ever seen. Yeah, and that says a lot about you. I was eating an orange ice lolly at the time. In fact, How old? I wasn't. I was seven or eight. I was eating, I remember this actually, I was just a, a memory blast. I was eating a chocolate cornetto and I got greedy and I bit the chocolate chunk off the end first and then I had ice cream dribbling all over my hand while walking around the model right. village. Okay, unless you've got anything else to talk about, shall we Shall we start the Stanley Parable? Yep. I'm very excited to play this. And not the Stanley Parable. <laughs> Me too. And I'm also not excited. As you get the idea with that.
kind of want to say something meta and witty about yeah, the but game, but I can't. I can't think how to to start off. That's okay. That can that that's you've done it. There you go. There we've we started. Go. I've led in. Yeah. What I what mean, game? in a way, that was meta, wasn't it? Really. <laughs> True. Yeah. 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 It's, it was in, in a way. In fact, it was the perfect introduction back into the second half for this game. Yeah, it's almost like it was planned. Almost like it, which definitely wasn't. Or, or was it? Or not? Or yeah, oh, what, oh. was it? Is it? Oh, Is this God. planned? Is this a plan? Oh, <sighs> what's game, going on? <laughs> the game's got Androskin. Hmm. Very much so. I didn't really want to stop playing, which I already told you, but you made me. Yeah, it's it's really good, isn't it? Yeah, re- better than I even remember it being. Mm. I fa- I found things playing today that I didn't find before as such, well. Such as? The broom closet. Mm. That, that'd the be a broom- good thing to, how ha- be a good thing to talk about, actually, because that won't spoil any of the game itself, really, for people. Because, again, we're going to try our best to not spoil anything as much I as possible. I thought we started. Have we not started the podcast? Yeah, we have. <laughs> okay. So you're you're explaining that it would be a good thing to talk about to the audience that we're going to talk about it to. Oh God! Stop! Stop over on that. Yes. Are that's you broken? Exactly. Have no. you bro- Have you got broken by Stanley Parable? Possibly. Possibly. Yeah. Well, the broom closet was brilliant, and I I don't recall ever going in the broom closet, which seems so strange because it was the left hand path past the meeting room just be- uh, before the boss's office. There's a blue. Uh, there's a broom closet. And you can open the broom closet. You can't open any other doors as far as I could find. I was trying all the doors. And in fact, the narrator commented on the fact that I was try- touching Oh, everything. really? Yeah. Um, and then the broom closet's the first one that actually opens. You go and stand in it and he's, uh, and just stay in there. And the narrator gets frustrated and irate and then starts making... that. We I should say, the narrator always refers to Stanley... So everything's about Stanley. And if you're in this broom closet for long enough, he starts talking about you, as in you, the player. And then he starts making fun of you, the player. And then he gets to the point where he says, oh, no, I've cracked it. Um, You're standing in this broom closet because you've died. And you're slumped over over the keyboard. And then he starts shouting out for help. For somebody not to come and help you, but for somebody to come and remove your body and take over <laughs> the controls. At which point, if you then leave the broom closet, he he welcomes player two to the game, and then and then if you go back in the broom closet, uh, he goes, "Oh no, not you as well," and gets really angry again at, at player two. The and then I mean, the this next... is a very long-winded. Yeah, exactly. I and was going to say this is a very time... long-winded joke. Because the second time you go through and walk past the room closet, if you go in again, the narrator then says, oh, no, 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 not this again. Please, I'm not having any part of it. And during your third playthrough and subsequent, I believe, the broom closet has got wood, uh, wooden planks over it, so you can't go in, which made both of us laugh out loud when we discovered that. Yeah. I, Do- I mean, the whole thing was making me laugh out loud. The, the whole broom closet saga, because it was a saga. And just for contrast, while Ashley was doing that and all I could hear was him laughing at the game through my headphones, I was in this this terrible... No, no, it's fine. I was in this terrible nightmare vortex ending that was genuinely quite unsettling and sinister and was really undercut by the sound of you laughing throughout (laughs) it all. I didn't realise that. I'm sorry. No, to be fair, I 
enjoyed to it. I no, your laughter was good because I was genuinely getting quite freaked out by the the ending. Oh, I really? Ended up in. Yeah, it was, oh, it was quite you see, disturbing. I didn't go for that one in the end. I didn't go for that one because the the one in order to get there, you have to ride a a lift type thing um all the way to its destination mm-hmm. and i'm always too enticed by the alternate paths uh one of the ones that you can go on with that cra- cargo lift is if you look beneath you there's a there's a gangway that you can drop onto so the um the narrator's like talking about being on this cargo lift and going somewhere and then if you just jump off onto this gangway he's like oh for god's sake not again come on can you not just do what you're told or something like that? And you go off on this gangway, uh, following the, uh, following the route, and he he gives you a choice between a, a red and a blue door. And then if if you go through the blue door, he puts he resets you in front of the two doors. You go through it again, he resets you again. If you go through it a third time, he resets you, removes the blue door, and puts a load of flashing red arrows around the red door you go through the red door and and to at the end of this playthrough i mean he tries to make you happy he starts talking about can't we just be happy together he takes you to this happy room that's all space around you and there's lots of flashing lights and aurora borealis type um effects then if you have the option to leave there and it takes you to this platform that's about four stories high and you can throw yourself off that platform, at which point the narrator is like, you know, all I wanted to do is try and make you happy. Can't we just be happy together? And then you climb up again, you throw yourself off again. And he says, you'd rather you'd rather kill yourself than let me be happy. Then let me show you happiness. You'd rather kill yourself. You throw yourself off again. You have to throw yourself off four times in order to kill yourself and restart the game. Reminds me of a sketch in Jam. Did you ever watch that? I listened to Blue Jam. Jam was the the te- so Chris Morris, the guy who created uh, the Day Today and uh, Brass Eye, also did a, a radio show on Radio Four called Blue Jam, which was then turned into a TV show called Jam. And there was a sketch on that about a woman who killed herself by throwing herself out of a first story window forty seven times because it was yeah rather than throwing herself out of the forty seventh floor once. Very, it's all, all yeah, very I mean, woozy and like sinister, that. which actually links quite nicely with the sunny parable as well. So, so mm. those those are three endings we've just discussed there. There are a total of 19 possible endings for this game, which mm. is pretty incredible. And the Minecraft bit, look into that, um, links on from the bit that Ash was just talking about with the blue door and the orange door. You have to go through and you do these different things. I found out on a Stanley Parable Wikia. And then you end up in a room and then something you have to do, and I won't say what, there's something you have to do for four hours. So I didn't actually, full confession, I obviously did not Oh no, do I think I remember what it is. Ending. Is it what, something to do with a baby? Yes. But what I did I was rem- I... I forgot about that ending. Yeah. <laughs> What I did was I watched a video on YouTube and I remember the video on YouTube uh, got sped up and there was a timer in the top corner to show you how it got sped up to to show you the ending. So that's that's how to get to the Minecraft bit. Anyway. Yes. I, I mean, I never did the Minecraft ending because I wasn't sitting there. I didn't know, actually, that you had to sit there for four hours mm. doing that particular task. But I very much remember having to do that task. Um, What comes after that, I can't remember. It goes through, so, it goes through a, a series of opening areas i think from different games including portal and minecraft which is where, where right. that comes into it uh, 
as is probably becoming increasingly apparent then, is how clever the game is. Like, I was absolutely blown away by the every single aspect of it. The, the technical chutzpah of it, the storytelling, the way the narrator pairs with what you were doing. Just everything about it was, was so, so clever. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I it would sound boring for me to to echo that, but I very much do. Yeah. I'm, I'm I'll keep other, it short. Yeah, fair enough. Thank you. Another takeaway is that it's, as you've already intimated, is that it's genuinely funny. And something that games don't do very often is be actually funny. And this, yeah. is, this is actually funny. Yeah. There's very few mainstream games that that actually try and make you laugh. They're few and far between, really, mm. aren't they? It's strange, because in other genres... Sorry, in other mediums, comedy is one of the big... Well, one of the big genres. You've got action, drama, romance, comedy. And comedy is distinctly lacking as a genre in games. I think, And when it is done, it's often quite crass. Yeah, I, so, I was, was going to say the only times I can think of... Well, I can think of quite a few funny games, for example. But I can think of examples where they're, they're trying to be funny and it hasn't landed. An example I can think of is Jack and Daxter 2. I remember Daxter making some comments about how you have to press X to jump. or oh, isn't that revolutionary? And it's that fourth wall breaking. I've just found it a bit mm. like, mm. well, if you, if th- there was no need for there to be a, a, a sarcastic yeah. comment about that, a quip. Yeah, the thing is, though, Jack and Daxter isn't a comedy game the genre mm. of jack and daxter is adventure or action it's not it's not a comedy no so yeah Which... it's it's just that comedy is is very much adventure games um more often than any other genre would 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 mix in comedy and become comedy affairs but I mean, Monkey Island. Yeah, part the, is a, is a perfect case in point. The examples I'm thinking of are Discord and Monkey Island, both which are point and click. Yeah, but but yeah, comedy is quite lacking as a, as a genre in gaming. It, it's not really it's not really there, is it? I guess we talked recently about Immortals, and that has bits that made me laugh. But then it's not an out and out comedy. It's just got those asides in it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Abe's Odyssey. Mm pants game well is it a comedy is what is the question i but... find more of a tragedy trying to play it oh dear <laughs> um i'm just looking at my notes actually I, I don't really know what else to say about this game without again giving it away okay here's one point that i can say i because... don't think we can have we can't go on so this this doesn't give anything away is i like how the plot of the game is hinted at but never given away it's just that thing that we mentioned a few times where it gives you enough to kind of piece it together but again the plot is so abstract and vague anyway that and thinking about actually the plot is so by the by it's not really the point of the game is it it's actually the experience um and also there's no mention of what the company does it's just that Stanley's there, just press it. He gets, he gets his yeah. commands to press a button and press which button and for how long to press well, that, it, which I think is quite a, a nice bit of satire there, isn't it? Yeah, that absolutely is the point in that regard. I don't know that there is a plot in in the sense that, uh, of like a an A to B no. progression of narrative. I don't think it exists. No, as, as I made that point, so I kind of taught myself out of it. Mm, there are strings of narrative that lead to different places. And the interesting thing is, it redefines. I mean, it redefines 
what a game is in some ways, but completely. What, oh, well, I it doesn't it doesn't because it's very definitely a game in in a fairly traditional sense, but it's irreverent and subversive. And one of the ways that it's subversive is that it redefines what a playthrough is, because actually the playthroughs of the Stanley Parable, as you said in the beginning in the first half, they're quite short. A, play, a playthrough going from beginning to beginning again they they can be quite short i think in fact they're all quite short most of them are no more than half an hour oh, i think half an hour is probably pushing i'd say most of them are probably yeah yeah but if you hours. think the confusion ending the confusion yeah. ending i was playing that for 17 or 18 minutes and then there were other ones that i was maybe playing for a little bit longer than that so yeah i'd say i'd say at its longest it's probably about half an hour from beginning to end but it's absolutely necessary to be playing in order to play certain portions of the game you have to have already played a playthrough yeah and actually there are hangovers from previous playthroughs that occur in later playthroughs such as so the, the broom closet that we talked about yeah exactly in order to experience the third element of the broom closet you have to have played through at least twice before so it's not that the game the game actually a playthrough of Stanley Parable isn't the game. If you've only played through the Stanley Parable once, from one beginning to one ending, absolutely, then actually you you haven't experienced what the Stanley Parable is trying to offer. And also because often the same thing can have different results. And we also discovered yeah. that the game itself sets out its store from the start. I had during one of my playthroughs, one of my experiences. I was in the office and there was paper strewn all over the floor. And I thought it was really cool mm. because it was a bit of that, going back to that original design brief, it was something that was like, oh, that's that's new. During Ashley's time playing it, he played through seven or eight times. That didn't happen at all. So again... Oh, point- I, I played through even more than that. Did you? Oh, okay. So yeah, it, was, it wasn't It was for lack of opportunity that that didn't happen. I looked at that Stanley Parable wiki and apparently there's a range of random endings that can happen, including mm. the paper all over the floor. Uh, some of them are visual, some of them are audio. So sometimes you'll start the game up and you can hear rain outside the, the office, for example. And, and I really like that as well. The fact that the game is every single opportunity to surprise you and pull the carpet out from underneath you it does mm. following on from that point you've just made then one of the reviews i read of this game said that it could be presented as a case for the old argument of games as art mm. what say you to that um i say w- what is art mm. there you go i say what is not <laughs> art oh no we're, we're, we're parabling it now aren't we um yeah it depends it depends on your uh conception of art and what is art and what isn't art and if there's high art and low art if that's a, if those concepts exist yeah or matter or or if any of it really matters matters to be honest um in the well, high, high traditional art, art. sense high art low art uh, i watched the lion king last weekend and i was uh, mm. reminiscing about the last time i watched the lion king and i remember watching it at university with a friend i watched two films with him in one afternoon both on vhs from when i'd been a child or not a child one of them one of them mm. was the lion king and the other one was south park movie both of which are fantastic movies that i've got a lot out of but high art low art there you go well both low art oh come on both low art no i, I genuinely low art they're not they're not dostoevsky are they and they're not they're not Puccini. they're not <laughs> De- there's no rembrandt going on in in disney animation is there i'm not saying that i don't like them 
I'm saying that in in tr- in traditional senses of what is high and what yeah. is low art, you're not dealing with high art when you have a weekend spent watching the South Park movie and Lion King. I can't. <laughs> I genuinely. I mean, that is a window into you that you've just gone. The Lion King and South Park, high art, low art. Yep. High art, low art. That's that's the double. <laughs> a weekend, a roller coaster weekend of high end, low art with the Lion King and South Park. <laughs> No, no, Chris. Sorry, no. I've ruined it again, haven't I? It's all right. The reality of it is, uh, it's hard to actually put a pin in what actually art is. Mm-hmm. And that a lot of people get very snooty about what art, what, what's allowed to be art and what's yeah. not allowed to be art. I don't really think that it's an argument worth having a lot of the time. Sometimes it is. I don't think it's an argument worth having a lot of the time, but I don't see why the Stanley Parable doesn't compare very favourably to other philosophical works in literature or film or um or or you know painting or anything. I think I think that it deals with a lot of considered and thoughtful an emotive matter and it's trying to communicate something with you and on that basis i would say that's a very highfalutin no 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 that's a very basic level of deciding whether something's art is it trying to communicate uh, something to an audience Mm -hmm. or is it successfully communicating something to an audience if it is then you could possibly say that it's art but as i say maybe not a question actually worth asking and and the people that are asking it maybe should consider whether they are wasting their time. <laughs> I think your point there about to be philosophical, that's that's my takeaway from the game is it's it's very contemplative. It's made me feel very contemplative as well about games, which as I've said is is what the, the design of it was as well. Um, a quick shout out before we kind of start wrapping up then. The Droster effect mentioned in the first half was also in play in the actual game itself, which I didn't realise. The the very first menu of the game, you've got a, a opening screen that says the sandy parable and there's a computer screen in the bottom right corner and then the bottom left corner you've got your different options the computer screen in the bottom right corner as you're moving your mouse around the the cursor and the main screen it's also being replicated in the monitor in the bottom right and then that monitor has also got a monitor in it etc etc uh, i thought that was really amazing i loved actually being able to control something that was re- that was uh replicating the uh, droster effect yeah so the droster effect i understand it as a uh, recursion yes I would have called it a recursive image. And actually, um, the game is recursive. Mm, yeah, that's the game point. The game is repetitive. The game, you know, keeps going over the same things again and again and again. It, it recur- it's recursive. It's a recursion. So that's probably why they use that as a... Uh, which I'd not, again, not really thought about before. But uh, it's, it's, a, it's a game version of the Droster effect. Yeah. And that the menu... Is a really nice, easy shorthand for you know, strap yourself in. Yeah, yeah. Here we go. Yeah, into the mirror. Upon release, the Stanley Parable sold one hundred thousand copies in its first three days and ended up selling over the course of its first year a million copies, which is pretty good. I mean, as I said, I, I got it on on bargain uh, deal for three pounds or, or thereabouts. So I imagine that that might have, have helped. As How much was it? The amazing I don't reviews. think it cost much. Uh, at the moment, it is on Steam. For uh, ten pounds, uh, but it has been, according to 
uh, is there any deal? It has been as low as £1.50. It was also free back in March 2020 because that was mm. when they were trying to drum a bit of interest in the sequel because potentially that was, I think there was a trailer released around then for the, the Ultra Deluxe version. And they then put the game free for a, limit, for a limited time to sort of try. Sorry, and... when was that? What year? That was March 2020. It was briefly free. Mm. And it has mm. been as low as £1.50 at some point. But I, said, right. I, I got it for cheap whatever because mm. uh because that's that's the kind of guy i am it was as a, a quick aside as well it was also featured in house of cards as a metaphor for shifting politics oh yeah so we went around that. let's move on uh, davy reden redden his next game mm. was the beginner's guide which came out in october 2015 and it's a similar interactive game about games apparently i've never played this i'll be honest i've never even heard of it oh really mm. okay oh it was very it was on my way i've played it uh, for 79 minutes, according to my right. Steam entry. And that was to completion, or, or to okay. a completion. Um, it's interesting. I don't think it compares to the Stanley Parable. One of the reasons that I was um, driven to play it was because there was a bit of controversy around the game, because it involves a similar contemplation of uh, game development. And um, parts of the game lead you to believe that they are made by other developers and the community around well the gaming community started to wonder quite quickly started to wonder whether actually the game was a non-fiction account of Reden's uh theft of of other people's work. Oh. He has actually... So I was looking this up because I, I thought this might come up. Um, and he has actually said in interviews after, at first he was a bit cagey about it and, and you know, sort of Pinteresque in so much as he didn't really want to say here or there. He didn't want to say yes or no. Yeah. He didn't want to confirm or deny. Um, But he has since in it, um, come out in an interview and said that that's all bullshit. And that, that the whole thing was his and that he didn't steal anything. So um, that's that wrapped up, I guess. So, w- but it was, people... a big, it was a big thing. There was quite a lot of uh, discussion about it when the Beginner's Guide came out. Were people reading too much into it or, or were those clues left there for people to interpret it in that way? And then yeah. it was again a bit of a, a, a mind mess and it's like, no, actually, it's I nothing th- to do with that. I think, that it, like I say, it was supposed to be uh, and is um a consideration of games development a developer's place in a game and what it means to be a developer and um all of that sort of muddied the waters for people um there were but but there were and there were things in it there were things in the game that sort of led you down a certain path to th- to maybe think yeah this is uh this is a bit seedy this isn't this isn't okay he he's done the naughty which i suppose is interesting and a little bit risk risky is it worth playing i don't honestly i don't remember i remember the controversy more than i remember the game (laughs) okay which is uh, you know i don't mean it to come off as a as a you know shitty thing to say but that's just the truth Hmm. I will probably... It's only 80 minutes long to get from the beginning to the end. I'll probably give it another go in the next few weeks, having having dived into the Stanley Parable again. 
just to see what was going on with it and see if it if it is, and then I'll tell you. Lovely stuff. Well, the the other developer, uh, let me just find his name. Mr. Pew, William Pew. Thank you. Well, the other developer, William Pew, he set up, after this game came out, he set up a development team called Crows, 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 who have released numerous titles, including one that also has a narrator. It had a real long name that I'll be quite honest, I couldn't bother to write down. You've all got Google. Dr. Langerskoff, the Tiger and the Terribly Cursed Emerald, a Whirlwind Heist. Thank you very much. There we go. Don't Google it now. It's free. The narrator in that game is voiced by Simon Amstel. Yeah. I'll speak to more of that. And it's got Justin Roiland in as well. Who's that? Uh, Rick and Morty. Oh, okay. Thank you. Mm. Well, I don't think we really talked about the second half. We we talked about the narrator, but again, just just a quick shout out to how amazing the narrator is in this game. Can can we just go back, sorry, to Cross Cross Cross? Because the other games that they've made are Accounting and Accounting Plus, which are VR games and supposed to be very good. And I haven't played them because I don't have any rich friends and I'm not rich myself. And therefore, we don't have VR in our in our little circle. Oh, I don't yeah. jot those down because I'd, I'd never heard of them. Oh, Accounting and Accounting Plus. Supposed to be very good. Very funny. Very fun. Silly games about being an accountant. Oh, great. I mean, fun and accountancy don't yeah. really go quite, hand in hand. Quite the oxymoron. Hmm. Okay, so last point then. Obviously, as we've said, this game is being re-released this very week as a Stanley Parable Ultra Deluxe. So I had a look at how much that it will cost. I couldn't find any details of costings anywhere apart from on the Nintendo website. The Switch version is £20 on pre-order. £20? Yeah. Marvellous. Marvellous stuff, absolutely. Uh, so therein ends our episode on the Stanley Parable. Oh, I've gone Metro again. I can't help it. Um, thank you very much for listening. Um, if you've enjoyed it, please remember to join us on all the socials, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And remember to like, share, subscribe, rate, and review as well. Thank you very much. Just to be clear, that is one of 19 endings to this podcast. <laughs> you have to listen again to find the rest. Thank you for joining us. Uh, see you for ending seven. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>